Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today we're getting a chance to talk a little bit about Canvas, uh, the Canvas Consortium in Nebraska, and an opportunity to hear uh, from a superintendent here in Nebraska and a classroom teacher as well about the great things that they're able to do in support of students and learning with the support of Canvas. And so really excited to have Shara Johnson, who is Digital Learning Coordinator at ESU2, joining us, uh, who's been on the podcast before. And we've talked about Canvas. And so if you'd like to go back and listen to some of our past podcasts would strongly recommend that you do that as there's some great learning there uh, and then our special guests today are Jess Bland superintendent at Oakland Craig Public Schools and Matt Berg business and economics teacher at Fremont High School so a lot of great Nebraska educators in the room today and so I'm gonna let them introduce themselves a little bit give a little bit of their backstory and education and Cher has been on the pod before so let's start with Jess actually and then we'll uh, kind of go around. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jess Bland. I am currently the superintendent at Oakland Craig Public Schools in my second year as superintendent. But prior to that, I was the elementary principal for seven years. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and bring that elementary and secondary perspective, which is terrific. So uh, Matt, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, Matt Berg. I'm a business and economics teacher at Fremont High School. So my 17th year teaching. All have been at Fremont High School. I wear a lot of different hats at the school. Um, I run our help run our school coffee shop. I'm I'm the golf coach, so a lot of uh, a lot of things that I have going on. And uh, yeah, I just uh, enjoy being an educator. That's awesome. And uh, Shara, we can get your introduction and maybe a little segue into the timing of this podcast is hopefully to help communicate out some things about the Canvas Consortium. So uh, maybe we'll start there, and then yeah, getting a chance to think about that platform from a superintendent and a classroom teacher's lens. So I am, my name is Shara Johnson. I am out of ESU too. Prior to that, was a math teacher for several years, an administrator as a curriculum director. While I was a curriculum director, we implemented Canvas at our school. I fell in love with Canvas, became a Canvas kind of guru, uh, went away and worked for Canvas for a while and came back. And now I work at ESU too, supporting Canvas. Um, my current role though, is I am actually kind of a shared contract. I support NDE, Department of Education, with a current consortium um, contract that we hold here in the state of Nebraska. So we have been trying to get segue and get all of our schools who are interested in joining this consortium so that we can leverage a few things, right? So through this consortium, um, NDE is paying all of your implementation costs, which is probably the biggest thing. It's about 10 to 15,000, depending on the size of your school district. If you were to go it alone, that's kind of the fees that you could expect to incur. But NDE is paying for that until this spring, like this is the last time. And that's why we're doing this. So this spring will be the very last time that NDE will pay for that. In addition, we have a lower seat cost per student or per teacher. Um, that's also another advantage of the consortium. And there's lots of other things too. And maybe we'll touch on that later, but we're really trying to get the word out because this February 1st, it will open up for the last time for us to pay for that implementation fee, which is a really, really big expense. Yeah. And I like what you shared there in that Please don't perceive this as a marketing pitch so much as an opportunity that we're just hopeful that we can point individuals to to the degree that they're interested. And uh, and if you find yourself going, well, should I be interested? I don't know. What could this do for me? That's why we have voices from educators in our state who are utilizing this to help frame that for you. And so, yeah, we're all here just uh, in hopes to 
uh, make sure that we're doing something that is the most cost-effective version of what has been a great platform and has grown substantially uh, across mm -hmm. the state. So with that being said, yeah, I, maybe we'll just kind of take turns here. And Matt, as a classroom teacher, what have some of the benefits been that you've seen in your utilization of Canvas with your students? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a couple key points for, for me was just how I got started in Canvas was almost by necessity. So as a golf coach during season, I'm, you know, girls in the fall and boys in, in the spring, I'm going to miss just slightly north of 20 days in a, in any given quarter. So it's a lot of time out of the classroom. It's a lot of time spent writing sub plans. It's a lot of time spent grading papers and getting caught up uh, when you come back. And so what I found with Canvas was the ability to have some of those things already graded and scored when I get back. I don't have to write sub plans because all my agenda is already located in Canvas for the students to see. They know how to navigate it. So it's uh, it makes being gone that many days. It doesn't really replace the instruction that I'm I'm not there able to give, but the students are able to be productive, be able to be on task and and move through the course even if I'm not there. So I was actually using uh, Canvas pre-pandemic just for uh, just for that reason. Uh, and then obviously uh, during the pandemic, all educators became familiar with, you know, learning management systems and being able to use it to deliver that content. But, you know, the other thing that as we implemented it at Fremont was just teachers misunderstanding that it was supposed, they're thinking it was going to replace instruction in the classroom. But really what you find as you use it as a teacher is it's just helping you give you more instructional time with students. I spend less time grading papers. If, if students take a, you know, a test, Canvas grades that test for me, I can go in and instantly look at those results, see how the students did. I can see instantly what I need to reteach if I need to reteach anything. And so it makes my time more efficient and I can use it. I can spend more time with the students uh, giving them instruction than you can without. So those are the two biggest things that I found useful in the classroom as I first started using it um, and still continue to use it today. So I have to say something, Matt actually used Free for Teacher before Fremont even implemented. He went out and found Canvas on his own. He used the Free for Teacher, which has a lot of limitations, but he was utilizing that. And he was the champion that really, I feel like got Fremont kind of rolling. I remember he called and you know, what, what's, what's good about the paid version and all the different differences. So he was really kind of a champion for this at Fremont Public, which I appreciated a lot. I would just add to what Matt said too. I totally agree that teachers are out a lot for whatever reasons, but so are students. Uh, we have students that are gone all the time for FFA, quiz bowl, track, golf, or just being sick. It really isn't about the pandemic. It's about all the other events that they do throughout the year. They're highly involved. So by providing this learning management system, they constantly have access to those classes and they can go back and watch the instruction if they're gone, but it doesn't feel as much like they're gone because they can still get involved in that instruction through Canvas. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if I show a video in class and a student's gone, I can, that's, it's linked in Canvas. They can watch it from home. They can, they can do whatever they need to do. And I can't even tell you how much instructional time I used to lose because if the student was gone, they would come up to your desk at the beginning of class when you wanted to get things started and they would say, well, what did I miss yesterday or what have I missed the last two days? Well, now my short response is it's all in Canvas. You know where to find it. Go look it up and let me know if you have questions. And so a conversation that used to last five, seven minutes of instructional time now lasts about 15 seconds and then they can come ask questions later on. So again, just a, a huge saver of instructional time. 
And I would also even add, like Jess is mentioning about when people are gone, um, as a high school math teacher, I had a lot of kids that unfortunately would be in my classroom and might not be able to grasp that concept the first time and might need to hear it again. And so I was actually making videos, you know, before Canvas and putting them on a website just because mom and dad weren't always able to help with geometry or able to help with solving equations. And it just gave that student another ability to either slow it down maybe watch it again in a place that's comfortable for them. Maybe they just didn't understand. They need additional repetition. So even when we do have kids sometimes in the classroom, we have to remember that they're going to, you know, they're going to say, yeah, I got it. I got it. But it might be a really nice place for them to go back and learn again later if they need to. Yeah. And so to maybe to restate some of the points that we've made here. So this sounds like we have benefits for the individual student, right? And there's also benefits for the classroom teacher, and I could also see how, as a parent, this is incredibly helpful as well. And so, Jess, have you heard any, not to put words in your mouth by any stretch, but uh, what has been your interaction with parents, the fact that Canvas exists within the district, for example, and being able to access information or uh, support their students when they're at home? Yeah, I, I've heard from several parents, I think. I think the biggest thing was before we started Canvas, we had people in Google Classroom, people that were using Seesaw. They were using all of these different systems. And as a parent, I might have one kid in this and one kid in this. And it was really hard to manage and log in and find all these things. So by having one consistent learning management system, it just made the whole process easier for parents. But then we hear things like, we don't know how to do this new, the new math, right? Like, so it's not really new math. It's just a new way of teaching it, new strategies. So it really just simplified things for parents because they didn't have to stress over how to learn the new math or whatever it might be. Um, they were able to pull up the instruction, the video, whatever it might be directly in Canvas, and their kid could do that all on their own. And I think too, the other thing I heard was we have more working parents than what we ever have before. And there's less time that we as parents get to spend with our kids doing homework. So it just takes that stress off of them as parents. And I think another benefit for parents, at least, you know, as Cheryl was talking about the benefits between the free version and the and the paid version, right? Um, so being able to link Canvas to your school's grading system, think about if, if you're a teacher, think about how much time you've spent not only just grading the papers, but entering the grades. Well, well Canvas will automatically send the grades to PowerSchool or whatever grading system that you're using, they sync together. And so not only is that beneficial for you as a teacher, it's beneficial for the student because they see their grade updated uh, a lot more often than it probably had been in the past, uh, which means the grades that the parents are looking at are more up-to-date and more accurate than they they probably have been in the past. So just that feature from my standpoint as a teacher uh, is very helpful in communicating with uh, parents, at least how the student's doing in the class. I would also just add to another thing I heard from parents was kids would maybe come home and they wouldn't, the parents wouldn't know what their homework was. Keep in mind, I'm talking elementary more so, but parents could get right on Canvas and see exactly what the assignment is, exactly what the objective is. So there was no longer this concern of, did they have homework? Did they not? They could see exactly what happened in the classroom and what was assigned for the day. And now right. I'm going to piggy tail this a little bit because I have college kids, right? So my son is at UNL and he uses Canvas at UNL, use Canvas in high school. As a parent of a college student, you know, that transition is really nice as well. Cause they're already worrying about like, who's their roommate going to be and how they're going to get to the, you know, the mess hall to have lunch or whatever. So having that be something that is already learned and not having to worry about that. Um, I know my girls are going to college this fall and 
there was a conversation about one of them's going to a school that doesn't have it. And the other one's like, you know, like rubbing it in a little bit, like, oh, well, we'll have Canvas at Northeast. You should have thought about, you know. So it, it is interesting that that is also another thing we have to think about as they go on from K-12 is that we want to, that's just another college career readiness that we are providing because the state of Nebraska is so heavy Canvas post-secondary. It's just another really great reason to consider using Canvas. And sure, I would imagine that not only do they know how to use it, but to use it and leverage it to its fullest potential. And I think that's a distinction worth making, too, is that it's not just familiarity. It's the, the longstanding history of how to get the most out of this in support of my learning. And I know, too, so maybe I might throw it back to you, Shara. There have been some like tips and tricks within districts to kind of help with some of the things I think that we've kind of danced around here a little bit in terms of it helps when class to class or an entire school starts to have their pages look similar, right? I think this is a point that we talked about before. Can you expound upon that? Yeah. So actually, it's interesting because both of the schools we're kind of talking to today have have something in place like that. Um, I know Fremont during the pandemic, they went to one standard homepage. And the reason was to create consistency. Um, we were having all of these kids now being forced into a learning management system, maybe some that weren't familiar with it, especially when we think about elementary. So we kind of created this consistent homepage for them so that regardless if a student was logging into history or geometry, that at least that front page was familiar and they knew what to expect when they got there. Um, Oakland's similar in that they have different versions of the same homepage that they're utilizing, but the same information is located. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that it's exactly the same, but it's like, okay, these are the elements we need to all be utilizing so that we can create some consistency for kids. Because the last thing we want is for them to have to search. And I've had instances of that, you know, in my own home. And we want to make sure that kids just feel successful and that it's easy for them to navigate. It should not be hard. It should be easy for them to navigate. Um, and so that's really important about coming up with some key things within your building or your district. I call them campus agreements. Some people call them mandatory stuff. I don't know. Agreements sound so much nicer, but just coming up with that core set of, hey, these are the, the five things we're all going to do the same so that when students log in, that they feel familiar and that it's comfortable and that it's consistent. Really important. Yeah. Well, and so then the question I have for Jess and for Matt here then is, okay, this is this feels old for me to say, but back when I was first teaching, uh, I remember we would have to spend 20 minutes onboarding to new technology. And I know that over the course of time from then to now, so many things have become much more easy to navigate for learners. But with your history with Canvas prior to the pandemic, now as we were on the other side of that, uh, has it become easier? Uh, for students to navigate those spaces? Are they a little more, uh, I guess, speak to the nuances of that, if that is true? I would just say, I, I do think it's easier for students to navigate, but I think it's also because over time, our teachers have figured out how to structure Canvas. That's really important. Once you figure out how to structure it, and it's it's different for, for everybody, but that's why I think the consistency in the homepage is really important. When you find that consistency, it makes it so much easier for kids to navigate. And honestly, it's usually harder for the teachers than it is for the kids, in my experience. And so you have to provide that support for teachers and setting up their modules, setting up their courses. So that way they will take the time to do that. It takes a little more time on the front end, but it, it really makes things simpler later for everybody. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great point. Uh, you know, it does take a little bit of time to set up and build out, but I think it's key uh, to have that homepage look similar and to have the students be able to navigate through your Canvas class like it's a website. Uh, and it's, it's so much easier when they're able to do that. It makes more sense to them to be able to do it that way. So if it's just clicking around and clicking through, they really navigate it really easy. And I think uh, Canvas has really made improvements along the way to be able to uh, link and minimize logins. So for example, in my classroom, we use an online software called Knowledge Matters. Well, I used to have to have students be able to log in to different sites and they would lose their username and password, couldn't figure it out. So with this, to log into Canvas for our district, the students just, they, it logs in automatically with their school email. And then I can link Knowledge Matters to my Canvas class, and they don't need a username or a password for that. They just click on a link, and they're able to do the activity. So, you know, just talked about it's a, a one-stop shop, right? It's not all these different learning management systems. It's one place. Everything can be linked in there. The students go to one place to find everything they need. And so I think that's uh, that's important. And I think with that, it's really good to know because this is probably the number one question I get asked is, well, I really love Google. I'm like, well, me too. It's one of my favorite things. So it doesn't take away from Google because we have to remember that Canvas works with outside apps. And so Canvas and Google actually work together. So you can still bring in your Google Docs. You can still use your Google Sheets. You can still use your Google Slides. In fact, there are Google Cloud assignments that actually allows you to grade it within Canvas. Same thing with Office. So if you're a Microsoft school, same thing. Um, but it also works, like he mentioned, that he uses it with another platform. But we have Nearpod, Edpuzzle, and we have all of these Pear Deck, all of these apps that actually integrate that, again, like to Matt's point, you don't have to go out. You can just stay within one platform. In addition, people always ask me about books, like, okay, online textbooks. And I'm kind of just like this generic person. You know, you need to call your book representative, see what they have available. It really depends on what you bought too. Um, but there are some textbooks that work with Canvas as well. You just have to, you just have to call the rep and figure that out. But again, trying to create consistency, one-stop shop, allowing kids to just stay in one space is really important. I would just add and kind of segue on that, but Shara had mentioned Google. Well, I have used Google for a long time. I have all these documents in Google, but Sometimes when I share those with teachers as an administrator, they lose those or they can't find them. And so I would be walking down the hallway and people would say, hey, can you send me that calendar or that schedule or this and that? And it's constantly changing. And there were so many things um, and I'd already shared it with them, but they couldn't find it. So I, as an administrator, really use Canvas as a, an organization tool, primarily, I would say. And so I put every single thing that I would send out to teachers, I put it in Canvas. So they know exactly where to look. And if I have to update something, I just update that button on Canvas and they can go in and it, say, it saved me an enormous amount of time. Took a lot of time to set it all up, but now it's there for good. I can just update it as I go. And it's for a while, it took them some time to get into a habit of actually looking there. They would say, "Where where is this? And I would say, go check Canvas. And now we're at a point where they're like, hey, is that in Canvas? They would catch me forgetting to put something in Canvas. And so then I'd have to go put it in there. But it has been such a time saver and a great way to organize all of the various documents and schedules that we have as a staff. And I would say like for Jess, watching it full circle at the very beginning, I remember doing a training at her school and I remember somebody asked for the agenda and she's like, check Canvas. 
And then to come full circle last year, being at a training at the ESU and she had some elementary teachers there and they were all like, oh, it's in Canvas. You need to look the, it was some schedule for an IEP meeting or something. And it, they all knew already that that was the first thing they needed to do to look to find it. And so it was nice to see it. I think I've heard her say before, check Canvas, you know, and, and to have that now they realize, okay, it's going to be in Canvas. I just need to check there first. So it's been nice. Not that they did Im immediately. And I feel like she probably could speak to that, but just that constant, like, okay, I put it in Canvas. It's in Canvas. Now we've come up with this consistency. They know to check Canvas. And I think that's really important too. Can I ask real quick on behalf of the person who may not have yet used an LMS before, uh, when we talk about posting things for students, for parents, when I post it for my teachers, for example, you know, as an administrator, uh, how is this information getting delegated out to re those respective groups? It might be something worth or content areas, right? So there is a, a the opportunity to kind of divide things into courses, right? And, uh, so speaking to that, I guess for someone who might be new, yeah, I guess I can I can start with that a little bit. There, there's some there's some really great features on how to to get that information out. I'll just talk from the teacher side to begin with, you know, if you're, so we're at a, we're a block schedule here. So a lot of times there are some teachers that teach the three classes a day, but it's always the same class, right? And, and sometimes those classes are all running concurrently, but sometimes because of snow days or early outs, they're not running on the exact same schedule. One of the beautiful things that Canvas does is it allows you to either assign the same thing to all the classes at once, or you can assign things to your students if your first block class is ahead of your second block class, you can make the due dates for the same assignment differently. It allows you to separate and pull those things apart uh, uh, in different sections. And so I think just the, the flexibility that it has to uh, communicate and, and assign things is a definite advantage that, uh, that you have with that platform. And like those sections and courses that Matt's speaking about, you know, with a CIS integration, so like if you have PowerSchool or Infinite Campus, all of those things are pulled in from your CIS. So if you teach three sections of algebra and two sections of geometry or whatever, whatever is in your CIS is going to be reflected inside of Canvas. It's going to be exactly the same. It's going to be a mirror. So all of those things get created for you automatically. And that's one of the things about the paid for version that's different than the free version. You're doing that manually, but the paid for version connects to your CIS and it actually will provision all of that and it enrolls all your students for you. So that's kind of how those things are created. And then from there, you can create your course based on the units that you teach or um, the standards that you teach. And, and much to his point, you can choose to do all same due date. Or if I teach three periods of algebra, I can give them all different due dates. That's completely up to the individual teacher. So like Shara said, I love that as an administrator, that everything comes directly from PowerSchool. All of the students are enrolled in those courses. But as a, the principal or the superintendent, that's not happening for my teachers, obviously. So I can create groups of any, I have a classified staff group. I have a certified staff. I have all district and I just input their emails. So it's really simple. Um, but I also have a board of education course within Canvas and I put all of my agendas, reports, finances, everything is in there as well. And that's just a public course. So I just open it to the public and then I can just share the link. So there's a lot of different versions that you can use depending on what you need. Yeah, and I think that's great to point out the public facing. It really just operates like a website. But again, for Jess, it's all in one place. Um, and she's not having to use that third-party tool to build it, which is nice. Well, and I think across all those fronts, you just think about the time saved uh, across the number of the conversations we've had here today. I mean, maybe one thing is just to say, think about the efficiency, the enhanced communication, 
and in the midst of that, yeah, th- th- just that time saved. And, and a couple of things that I've jotted down over the course of our conversation have been everything from grading. I mean, I had 151 students at one point in time. And so if someone asks, is it really that much faster if it just auto sends to the grade book? Well, if I'm going to do that three times in a week and three grades in a week, that's 450 times, right? And you start to extrapolate that out. Yes, that's a major time saving. And it's going to go straight to the grade book, which means parents have access. And so therefore there isn't that, hey, is what I'm seeing online actually accurate with the current grade? Well, yeah, because it's like in real time as I'm grading, <laughs> that stuff's coming through. Uh, and I'm sure there are those that would say, well, I'm used to this other program. It's going to take time to onboard. It's going to take time to get my assessments built into there. But what I'm hearing is that that stuff then is something you can revisit, edit, and run back, change the date, as Matt said, for different classes. And so the flexibility that comes with that is uh, pretty critical. And um, one thing that maybe we haven't delved into enough, and so I'd like to go here before we kind of bring things to a close, is just it's not a, only the idea of creating these spaces for these documents to live, but then the flexibility of sharing documents across those, maybe even like sharing a course and how, how teachers can work collaboratively in a space uh, or the materials being able to, you know, if I create something, can I can I share that with Matt? And then Matt can post that. How does that that whole piece work? It would be worth highlighting. Uh, okay, so there's a couple different things that's unique about the consortium. One of the really cool things about sharing in the consortium is that we are actually all tied together by trust accounts and we pay for that work. So what that means is like, let's say, for example, that Matt had a class at Fremont Public that they offer that maybe Oakland couldn't offer. We can actually enroll Oakland students into Matt's Fremont Public course. Matt just operates like normal. He would create his course, whatever. And the Oakland kid would just be operating like normal and their Oakland Craig Canvas. They have no idea and can't tell that there's a Fremont public course in their Oakland Canvas. So we are actually tied together on the backside, um, all of our schools, along with all of our ESUs. So for example, when Jess has teachers taking letters training from Karen at our ESU, I can enroll them using their Oakland Craig credentials and they just go to their Oakland Craig Canvas and they're actually getting PD from the ESU. So that's one nice thing that we've been able to do with the consortium. Um, The other nice thing is we actually have a statewide Canvas consortium in Canvas Commons. And Commons is like the share place of Canvas. It's like the, I always say the teachers pay teachers of Canvas. It's like the share place where everybody shares their content. So for example, NDE just released Engage Curriculum, which is a college and career readiness curriculum. They paid for it to be made. They put it in the Canvas Commons for every school in Nebraska to use. Um, And they're going to be doing that more. And so that commons allows us to share courses and quizzes and anything you really want, but that allows us to do it at a, like beyond our school walls. So we can share with one another in Nebraska. You can also share with people in Hong Kong if you want, but we have that filter that allows us to share in Nebraska. Um, and then the last thing that's really cool that came out this year in Canvas was the ability to share within your district, super easy. There's now a share to button or a send to it's called technically. And I could be making a really cool lab in science and I can send to my lab partner and they can actually file it into whatever course they want. They can actually file it into the module they want and they can actually file it in the place in the module they want all from me just pressing a button. And then they have their own version that are completely independent of one another. If I change something, it doesn't change theirs. Um, And so we've actually just copied something. So the sharing functionality is actually better than it's ever been. And it just allows us to really break down walls and be able to share not only like expertise, but like we can share within our own building, we can share outside of our building, all the things, all the things. So, um, and like I said, NDE is really embedded in this work and they're 
building courses out that they plan to share in the future in Canvas. And so that's one of the big pushes too, to make sure that everybody's aware that, hey, we're sticking with it as we start this new contract coming up this year. So again, trying to get the message out because of that too. Yeah. And I think, you know, just kind of talking about what happens within a, a district's walls, right? In the collaboration that uh, that is able to take place between teachers. Canvas calls it, you can build a sandbox course where the teachers are working on it together. And so what we do at Fremont is we we have courses that are blueprint courses. Those are the courses that are the main core courses that those things are in there. And then the teachers are able to take and import that blueprint course into their course. And if they have, you know, some fun activity that they like to do that isn't necessarily part of the blueprint course, but it's something they add on, they can put in there and they can edit that and kind of make it, make that course their own from the core part where it starts. And then uh, just the the ability to the ease of to once you have the course built the way you want, you can just import it into your next course offering and import it into the next one. And so once you have it built out, you're it's just like when you teach, you're always changing things up a little bit. Um, so, you, so you're modifying it, but it's easy to to move that from one course to another. And so I think just the ability to collaborate with other teachers, but still be able to make your course your own is definitely something that Canvas does really well. Well, with that being said, I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity today to chat, to talk about just a, a multitude of ways in which uh, this can support uh, educators across our state. Whether you're wearing an administrative hat or a classroom teacher, there's a lot of responsibilities and things from golf, right, <laughs> to uh, PTO to, you know, I mean, they're, they're just, uh, and it doesn't ever maybe this is too much, but it doesn't ever seem like those are necessarily going away. And so finding the technology to be able to step into some of those spaces and responsibilities to help us manage those in a way that is good for our wellness, is good for our students, is good for learning, um, and you know, making sure that the community and parents still feel a part of what we're doing. Uh, I'm hearing that from today's conversation, so grateful for it, and really would encourage folks to utilize the resources that have been allocated to make this a financially responsible decision for districts, which Cheryl, let's kind of finish on that note then. One more time for folks that maybe having heard this conversation now are more attuned to Canvas and what it could do and are excited to, to maybe learn more. What's before them and who should they contact? Yeah, so the sign up opens up on February 1st for the last implementation of Canvas. Um, you can go to the NDE website. We have a Canvas consortium page on that website, Department of Ed. If you if you would rather just email us, you can email us at nebraska canvas at esu2.org. Um, like I said, that sign up will start February 1st. And that will be our last time that that is going to be paid for by the project. So your implementation fees will be completely covered. In addition, you get the $3 per seat, seat price. In addition, as being part of the consortium, you get tier one support, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is. It means that you can call or chat support at Canvas 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you have access to them. You also get access to myself and um, my partner, Tammy. We come out to schools and work with teachers and onboard teachers help you know with your training and things like that. So that's part of the consortium, as well as you get access to the training portal. And that training portal is basically inside of Canvas. It's under the help menu, but it's asynchronous and synchronous courses that teachers can participate in. So if you're onboarding your staff and, and they have the summer to kind of work, they can already be in that training services portal signing up for how to use SpeedGrader to grade homework and how to use groups and collaboration. There's one hour trainings that are available to them in that portal during the life of their contract. So there's a lot of advantages to be in the consortium. But like I said, the last time that they're going to be able to do the implementation with free implementation will be this spring. 
With that being said, everybody has to be implemented by June, 2023, which means your CIS and Canvas need to be connected. The technical implementation of getting everything up and running has to be completed by June of 2023. And there you have it, folks. So uh, yeah, hopefully you reach out if you're interested in being part of the Canvas Consortium. I'm really grateful to Jess, to Matt, uh, and to Shara for joining us for today's chat. I learned a little bit more about what Canvas can do. So really appreciate everyone sharing their expertise and advocating for this. And so we hope to hear uh, from those that would be interested in joining. So thanks. 